This week on Beyond Stillness, Stories After Stroke, we spotlight Drew Schmeckel, athlete, runner, father, and husband, who suffered a stroke in 2016 and lost his speech along with many abilities that employ his right side. One of his recent goals is not only to speak, but to speak publicly. His story is entitled, I Can, Just Not Yet. Thank you for joining us for part two, Drew Schmeckel's interview. Hello and welcome to Beyond Stillness. Stroke offers a powerful, life-changing shift in perspective. Each colorful memory creates a parable for life's greater teachings a compass for journeys ahead, and inspired wisdom for unique growth. This radio show, Beyond Stillness, offers an hour of pause for storytelling and reflection. Ultimately, Beyond Stillness is a welcoming environment that reveres the moment beyond strokes paralysis. Still moments unite humanity and divinity. I'm your host, Molly Bucola. Drew, the phrase, I can just not yet. Tell me mm-hmm. a little bit about the mental side of that, because we can say that, but it's really a hard journey when we've been working at something for so long and we're not seeing results. And oftentimes that's when the phrase comes about, I can just not yet. Mentally, how do you get through that? Well, um, the first thing is, again, comes back to if you're stuck someplace, find a way out, set goals, and um, in small amounts to lead your way out. You know, the saying that each journey starts with a single step, um, so does this. Um, you you, you got to start with the first step. And, you know, most of the time that's in the hospital or when they get there to pick you up. And, you know, you're at your low point then. And so you got to start right away, you know, after you wake up in the hospital. um, And it starts um, being for real what happened. You know, find out what you can. And we were lucky to have a great doctor and great doctor's great hospital, great neighbors, great friends um, that all helped me get started. Um, and you know, with my friends, you know, and my neighbors, I hate asking for help. But I know if I did, they would be there for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm still old school. I'd rather do it myself. Mm-hmm. And I've learned a while ago that um, that's not possible anymore. Yeah. Once we are able to acknowledge that in some ways it's a gift to the other people because they're able to give of their self and you're able to offer them a perspective everyone is leaning in to try to do what they can and in a way that lifts everybody up being able to accept the help also is important and that goes to my thought of a two-way street 
<laughs> there it is. Maybe I learned that from you. <laughs> hmm, I can, just not yet. Well, it goes back to me always setting goals to get better. You know, I've heard some people say that um, at time I'm not going to get any better, and I refuse to take that as a possibility. So I keep on trying, and I keep on making small and large goals. Um, as long as I have goals to strive towards, I will continue to get better. Um, and so, you know, that's the main thing I look at is how how can I motivate myself? And what I've done a lot lately is talking to people about my stroke and um, I've done it through this podcast and at my um, small group and at the, the church and quite a few other places and I'm starting a list of where else I want to speak um, and I've got a couple of things in mind but I, I got to work on them and um, see if that's advisor if it can be done. I'd like to speak to the, the football um, behind closed doors um, because I played football when I was in high school and um, I really enjoyed that, the idea of the team sport. And I think what I went through um, for college age kids is something that they haven't obviously had to deal with. And if I can kind of spur them on to thinking about it um maybe it'll help them out down the road yeah I'm, I'm sure it sounds like you've already done a lot of public speaking which is such an important service to our world to our community to hear your story because you've cultivated this courage throughout and having the idea in your mind i can just not yet is inspiration for each of us it's something that anybody can live by. You don't have to have a stroke to live by that. <laughs> Amen. That is can, so true. Yeah. Where did you first hear the phrase, I can, just not yet? You know, I'm not really sure. It's something that uh, I've had in the back of my mind for a long time and really didn't apply to anything. Probably did, but unconsciously but when i had my stroke um it came into clear view that oh where i am is not by accident um you're are faster um and each speech with where you are is not an accident and um god is with you and so i realized that he is with me and he knows what i can do better than i do myself and um one thing I can do is speak about strokes, and, you know, it's most people don't have to do, worry about that, but, you know, a relative or a friend or your neighbor may have a stroke, and by listening to my speech, maybe they can learn more about what they can do to help that person, and that's my main goal. If, if I can help one person to newly with a stroke, then it's all worth it. Absolutely. Isn't it interesting that we're all given different strengths and passions and talents and life experiences, and there's something that we can do with that in order to contribute to the whole, to be of service to the community, to each other. And you're mm -hmm. taking your stroke and offering it as a strength in order to 
offer your service to other people. So that's a beautiful thing, Drew. Well, someone had said, and I don't know who it was, that the stroke was both the best thing and the worst thing that ever happened to me. Um, it taught me so much about me and my family, mm -hmm. and hopefully my son and daughter can use not only what I, but also what my wife did to get our way through that so that if something happens to them when they're old and out on their own or with their family, that um, they can look back at how we handle it. Yeah. So. Wow. You've come a long, long way with your speech. Been a journey. And one of the things that you noted in your story, Drew, you told me that setting both small and big goals are important to your recovery. And I know your big goals for speech right now are speaking publicly. What were small goals for speech when you first began? Well, right after I had my stroke, um, I had a hard time even getting out a sentence. Um, it was really hard. Um, I couldn't swallow too well. And um, half my face was numb. And so um, my first goal was to work at getting better. It's the things you take for granted. You know, you've always been able to speak. And then when it's taken away, um, yeah, my first goal was to just get better at it. And one of the ways to do that is to push yourself um, and speaking in front of other people is a good way to do that. And when you were first beginning and you couldn't quite grasp the word, do you remember the thoughts that you were having about the whole process or the emotions? Well, what I got really good at doing, if I couldn't, if I got stuck on a word, is I'd try to find a word similar to that that I could say and get back on track. And luckily, my wife was so good at knowing me that she could figure out what word I was trying to say by which word I substituted there. And so it was good to have her alongside me because she knew me so well that um, we could talk that way. And um, that really helped out finding other words to substitute. I love that. There are a lot yeah. of good little tricks and tools that we can use. What would you think or feel when you got the message of cross? Well, it was good. Um, sometimes it was uh, defeat, but sometimes it was victory. And again, having someone there that wouldn't judge you by not being able to figure out what you were was nice to have. And you two do have a beautiful relationship. You're both beautifully strong and faithful and compassionate and selfless individuals. And then when you put those two types of individuals together, it's a sum that's greater than its parts for sure. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful relationship. I think so. I, I wouldn't be where I am today without her, that's for sure. So. I'd like to hear more about your support group also, Drew, the Peace Health Support Group. You said that uh, you enjoy meeting with them monthly because they hold you accountable for working towards your goals. Yeah, no, I have shared my goals with them, and um, I encourage them to tell me their goals because, like I said beforehand, 
if you don't tell anybody your goals, there's not going to be anyone to help you be accountable. And so I think it's good that you share your goals with people. And since we only meet once a month, sometimes you can a lot can happen in months time. So it's nice to hear the, that group. Um, the nice part about that group is that you know we're all we're all going to this closest anything. We've all had strokes. Everyone's different, but um, we don't have to explain everything to that group they all take you at that where you are and where you're at that day that's really special how do you keep motivated on the tough days in between your monthly <laughs> meetings i've always been a very positive person and so i i think having goals is one way to do it um routine is another i've got a fairly set routine for the mornings as far as what exercises I do um and then the afternoon um a lot of it depends on you know how much energy I do have uh, when I first had a stroke I used to have to take two naps an hour and a half at a time and that kind of cut it into a lot of the time but I made it down to just one half hour nap now so it gives me a little bit more time you know, again, it's all about making those connections in your brain again. And so they're slowly starting to work a little bit more efficiently. Yeah, and it's exhausting. So taking it, it is helps your body heal yes. a little bit before trying again yeah. and trying more. Yeah, I, I tell everybody that my wife or my doctor says I need them, so it's okay. <laughs> I love it. You told me that you joined a reading group at the local hospital. Please share yes. a little bit about your progress with reading over time. Well, it's 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 half of the group is from my small or my um, group at the hospital also, and so it, there's some carryovers there, but there's. People with other abilities as well, or disabilities as well, that uh, are in the group, and so it's really good. Uh, we just we've got a good book that we're reading, and we just take one chapter a week, and they're not too bad uh, as far as the length goes. I have to read it probably at least four times during the week uh, for it to sink in. So luckily, they're small, and um. We always, each one gets a chance to read part of it, and then there's questions about it, and again, it's just really good. Um, it's at the university, and so we go by the term. You're very busy. You have a lot of groups that you've joined, and you're doing a yeah. lot of different public speaking engagements. Yeah. Drew, tell me a little bit about your reading skills when you first joined. Have they improved throughout the time that you've been with the group? They have been. I mean, the smaller the book club, but it's only been a month and a half. It hasn't been too long. Okay. Um, but again, it's reading a chapter and trying to answer the questions and go back and reading it again. And so um, it is getting better. Again, like anything, the more you do it, the, the easier it gets. And so um, 
I, I look forward to the, the break and getting some new students to, that are going to help us out and seeing my old friends again also. Yeah, another way to connect with them. Yeah. I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. I love the way that you talk about Randy. And throughout our Zooms together over the past few weeks, you've shared many quote-unquote two-way street stories. Uh-huh. Share how your relationship with Randy is a two-way street. I hope that we both learned a lot about each other and about ourselves through this. It's, it's been quite a few years, um, seven years that I had a stroke. And so um, before that, um, there was a, little, a lot of other bridges as well. But we've always... I think been there to help each other out. Um, we haven't always verbalized it, and I think that's one thing I need to work on with my speech is, um, although I know she knows that I appreciate her, I need to tell her more often. Hmm. And when you say two-way re- street, will you explain in a few sentences what you mean by two-way street? Well, any any reaction you have with another person should be a two-way street because it, if it doesn't benefit both parties, it's not going to be a long relationship because a person that's not getting fed is, is not going to get anything out of it. But if you are interested in, in each other, pushing each other, um, complimenting each other and things like that, it will grow deeper and last longer. Something you never know if that person is going to be just someone you pass in the street or someone you know the rest of your life. So treasure every chance you have to get to know someone. Mm, that's beautiful. Drew, you've told me about some of the healthcare professionals that you work with and the interactions that you have with them it sounds like both of you are helping each other it sounds like you listen really deeply to your healthcare professionals about their lives and what's going on in their lives and they do so with you and it's a relationship that both of you walk away in a way that your buckets are full and that you're ready to to then give that gift to other people in the world yeah it sounds like you developed the logo for Riverbend Support Group. In fact, I've received a card from Riverbend Support Group, and it has a a colorful logo on the front, and it looks like it may have been a watercolor. Can you yes. see how you developed that? Uh, well, the nice thing about our group at the hospital is they have guests that come in. Um, all kinds of guests that can help with what someone with a stroke is dealing with. And this one happened to be a watercolor um, artist. And um, she came in and she asked us to draw something that made you happy. And most people drew things like flowers or kids that they wanted to see and I drew a picture of my brain. Um, it, it sounds kind of weird, but uh, um, I made it both halves of my brain. One side was full of color and everything else. Um, 
and the other side was almost all just blank. And that being the side that had my stroke and the side that didn't have my stroke. But I didn't draw the side that had my stroke completely blank. I left at the top a white part. And that is the fact that everybody needs to have a little bit of hope. If you run out of hope, you don't grow anymore. And so that color at the top of that side of the brain is what I hope everybody still has, even just a little bit, is some kind of hope to, to keep going towards. And so um, they decided to put that um, picture of mine on um, cards and stuff like that that we used for our stroke. And I find it very gratifying. As far as artistic-wise, it, it, it's a zero. It depends on what the purpose of art is, Drew. You said it has a lot of meaning, and I think that a lot of times the purpose of art is is to point to something meaningful. That's true. But as far as meaning, I think it has good meaning, again, not for just people that have stroke, but all people that without hope, there's not a lot you can do. And I love that the logo that you created for Riverbend support group actually ties into your theme of the story for this podcast, which is I can, just not yet. You said that you left space for hope. Yes. And that's beautiful art. Yep. Mm. If you say it's beautiful, then I'll accept that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Drew, thank you. You said that it's important to treasure every chance you have to get to know someone. And I treasure the meetings that we've shared over the past five weeks or so. I'm so grateful for you. Now, we take a moment to highlight Drew's term, hope. We are grateful for an opportunity to hope. May this hope fuel our minds, our hearts, and our bodies throughout the days of recovery. And may... This story, your story, Drew, serve as an inspiration to each of us as we move towards the people that we're meant to be and become. Thank you for devoting time and space to listen to part two, Drew Schmeckel's interview. For the full story, please listen to part one, Drew Schmeckel's story on Beyond Stillness stories after stroke. Each colorful memory creates a parable for life's greater teachings, a compass for journeys ahead, and inspired wisdom for unique growth. In this episode of Beyond Stillness, guest Drew Schmeckel offered his story entitled, I Can, Just Not Yet. He shared about the importance of setting small goals and big goals understanding that relationships are rich when both parties benefit and that each person has unique experiences, strengths, and talents they could use to serve a world in need of their gifts. If you enjoyed this moment of pause for storytelling and reflection, please like, share, or subscribe to the Beyond Stillness Stories After Stroke podcast.
Again, thanks for listening. And remember, as part of the Stroke community, you are more than supportive. You are inspirational. If you are part of the Stroke community and have a story you'd like to share on the show, please contact us, email m-o-l-l-y at beyondstillness.org.